What's up, everybody? Joe Sib here from Rad Parenting, sitting across from my co-host, Anaya Bogue. Welcome to Rad Parenting. We are in the studio. We are back. Uh, it is great. Uh, summer continues on in Los Angeles for us. Um, I think Very this, hot. Yeah, very hot. And at this point, Anaya is probably, you just got back because we tape ahead. So I yeah. think you'll have just gotten back from Canada. Yeah. And I would have just, I'm in Canada Also, right you're now. in Canada. I think I'm in Canada. Yeah, nice. Wow. Love it. Wow. We're both in Canada, my country. Yes. <laughs> and at this point, while you're hearing this, I'm out on the road with Metallica. How crazy is that? So I was wondering when you were going to let our, our people know. Oh, I'll tell you right now, as you hear my voice, uh, I am on the road with Metallica and Jim Brewer, my friend, the comedian, and all-around awesome guy, uh, got asked to be the opening act for Metallica, and um, we were together, mm-hmm. and he's like, dude, what do you think? And I know when everyone right now like, Joe, what are you talking about? Comedian open up for a yeah, band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask. Yeah. So basically with Metallica, what they we always have a band go on the road, mm-hmm. and the guys feel bad because no one comes in to see the opening band. And they, yeah, that's pretty solid. I've got to say, I know. And they were like, so like, let's get a comedian instead. Is the idea like we'll get more, we'll draw more people. We're not, we're not doing comedy as much as, I mean, we're doing comedy in the sense of, I mean, anytime I have a mic in my hand and Brewer has a mic. It's it's funny. It's funny. But, um, (laughs) or we might not think it is, but you do. Um, the bottom line is this, is that they wanted a hype party. They're like, let's do a tailgate party basically on stage. So everything that we would have gotten kicked out for, um, back in the day at a Metallica show, Jim and I. Uh, not only getting paid for we're getting encouraged to do and it's amazing because I'm from the Bay Area and Metallica was such a huge part of my life growing yeah. up so to be able to get this gig I'm DJing I'm doing comedy I'm you know I'm with Jim I'm kind of his backup guy yeah. we're doing a tailgate party before the shows and you'd be rolling with Metallica I know stop the freaking madness I know so right now we're actually out on the road with Metallica you can check out all the dates too if you want to come to any of the shows uh, we're out there for the entire fall tour it ends in March Super excited for it. And if you want to get the dates for it, you can go to josib.com or you can go to metallica.com. Come out to a show. Who knows? Maybe some of our listeners are already on their way to some of the shows during this tour. Cool. But it's a trip. And I'll be giving uh, from the road. You know, when we come back in and tape, I'll tell you what it's like out there. I'm so happy for you. I'm excited. Yeah, what a great like 51st birthday present. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, with all that said, I want to thank everyone for all the emails too. Radparenting at gmail.com. Shout out to our producer, Allison, uh, for handling all the emails. Uh, we're going to dive right into the show right now. Uh, basically, this was something that you and I have discussed in the past. And a lot of the shows, you know, obviously we talk about kids when they're toddlers and mm-hmm. as they grow older. But one of the things that you and I had mentioned to each other is how does it work when your son or daughter and you butt heads on uh, big topics, big ideas. and when Big I, values, even, we could say. That's, that's, you know what, you're right. Big values. And this is a, this is a conversation that you're, you're, I'm, I'm imagining is with like, not with like a toddler or a 10-year-old. This is like preteens, like 11, 12, Welcome 13. Welcome to adolescence. Exactly. Yes, yes. But, but I want to say for our listeners, hearing this in advance, and we do get a lot of this in our emails, hearing this in advance is going to help you to be ready so that you're setting the stage and not having to have too many like World War Threes before you get to get this dialed in. And what we're talking about and what we're going to throw on the table right now for today's show is when your son or daughter... They begin their own journey in the sense of now, 
I'll use one example. Could, you know, like with my son, you know, Nate likes a lot of different music that I that I'm not mm -hmm. into. He loves hip hop. He yeah. loves uh, pop music. Yeah. You know, and especially he likes a lot of pop music. And he for me, sounds like Justin Bieber when he sings. Yeah, this stuff well. you know, and like he loves that stuff. Yeah. Now, for me, that's that's not my style of music at all. And and as as a lot of people that listen to the show, you know, it's just it's just it feels like eating fast food. It, like mm -hmm. it has no substance for me. That's just my personal yeah. opinion. Okay. My point for this conversation is. When your son or daughter are at an age where you're like, that's your, you're beginning your own journey. Yeah. And we're going to throw out like topics like, you know, I have a daughter that's a senior in high school. You know, there's some kids that are going on to college and there's some kids that's not, that are not. Yeah. And I can tell you right now from dealing with parents, they can't even imagine if their son or daughter isn't going to college and they want to work a year or they want to yeah. go to community college. And it's a, it's a mind Put in the F word right there yep. for these parents. Yeah. Okay. Let's also so so let's also throw in religion. Yeah. You know, and I grew up Italian Catholic, uh, not even by choice. It was just like here's your pasta bowl. We say grace. There's a picture of the Last Supper above your head at Grandma's house. I don't even know who those dudes are. They're all in robes. They look like they're having a good time. There's mm -hmm. one dude at the end that doesn't look stoked. There's one dude in the middle that knows that the dude at the end isn't stoked. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I just grew up with that. You know, my daughter. It's just like she's religion is not her thing at yeah. all. Um, and not that she's disrespectful to people that are into it, but she is she basically made it abundantly clear. Um, that not is not the path that she's going to go down. That for me was a huge uh, pill to swallow. Like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. What are you talking about? Yeah. Now my son on the other end is one of the most spiritual people I know. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's who he is. He believes yeah. in a higher power. He and he and he's that guy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's the religion conversation. There's the college conversation. There's even fashion. There's there fashion conversations. There's for me, it was the cheerleading conversation when I moved first moved to this country back in Canada. Cheerleading was never a big thing. I'm like first job teaching at a high school. It's homecoming, and I'm standing beside one of my colleagues, and these cheerleaders are going for it. And I look, I nudge her, and I say, "If Maddie, who was one at the time, folks, so my oldest daughter now 22, ever wants to be a cheerleader, we're moving back to Canada just like that." So cut to Maddie's in seventh grade, new new school. They have a cheerleading squad. Mom, I want to be a cheerleader. I'm like. Oh, goodness. And she's making a case for it. And so I will share today exactly how I navigated something that was a real hot button issue for me. Um, because at the end of the day, what we're going to talk about today is that our, and we've mentioned this in various ways before, our children's path is their own. They are separate human beings that need to find their way to themselves, to be the fullest, tru truest version of, of themselves. And this could be one of the most difficult because it hits deep for us as parents when we have our own set of values, some of, some of which have been explored and some of which have just been on autopilot since we were little and we, we uh, acquired them from our parents. And um, this is a really important deal if you want to maintain a solid relationship with your kids and keep them communicating with you because they don't feel like you're so at odds or you're you're disrespectful or going to discount what's valuable to them. Man, all I got to say is right now you set up the show so much better than I did for the first three minutes. <laughs> no, it was all good. No, but but what but what you're saying really got into the meat of mm -hmm. what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. So with that said, let's just dive right into it. Sure. Uh, for the parents that are listening right now, like once again, I keep saying, you know, this is pre-adolescence, this is adolescence. This yeah. is when, you know, your son or your daughter has begun the journey. They're, okay. they're, 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 they're a free-thinking individual that we yep. want them to be. And they're saying to you uh, their ideas and their beliefs of what they want to start, mm -hmm. uh, uh, start doing in this world that they're living in. Right. Uh, let's just start with 
how can we as parents, as we're going into this, yeah. someone right now is listening to the show mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, I know what you're telling me is going to happen in, in the future. Mm-hmm. Or, right? it's, or it's happening right now. Yeah. Or it's yep. happening right mm-hmm. now. But I want to first handle the first question. Where can we start beginning to have... Because you're always a big believer of like, hey, have these conversations earlier on. Uh How can we start setting ourselves up, preparing ourselves Mm -hmm. mentally for these times ahead if we have the 10-year-old right now or the 9-year-old? Because we know adolescence is going to come and then these things start... These topics present themselves uh, clearer and in the future. So how can we... And before we know it. Exactly. So let's start right there. There Let's start with... Um, having a good sense of what the timeline is here. So a lot of people sometimes think, oh, adolescence isn't until like the 13th birthday when they're a quote unquote teenager. In fact, adolescence is, is, is starting to begin like earlier and earlier in terms of when hormones are starting to kick in. Um, and for girls, those hormones start to be present around seven or eight. For boys, it's more like 10, 11. Um, but we really start to see the shift into what is called individuation, which is a psychological and sort of like overall developmental process of becoming an individual. Who am I separate from my parents? So in the first several years of their lives, and those of you, you know, who still have little kids, it's almost like your kids are just an extension of you, even by their own perception. We're just sort of a family unit, like this little amoeba. Um, and as they start to move into adolescence, as, with the presence of, of, of hormones that begin the puberty party very early on, everything starts to shift. And it's like their perception of themselves starts to be more heightened as an I. And their number one objective as they move through adolescence, which is, I always think of it as a bridge between childhood and adulthood, is to do everything they can to gather data and figure out who they are supposed to be, to be an acceptable member of their tribe. If we do a good job from the time they're little, and this is something that I can tell you I have used with my nine-year-old who's, who's definitely in it. She's definitely at the, standing at the, at the bridge. She's already taken a couple steps on. I find myself repeatedly reminding her that her job is not to be like me. It's not to be like her dad. It is to discover what the truest, fullest, fullest version of herself is. And that can be a little bit both terrifying for her, like, but I don't know, I don't know. And it's easier to to look at the people that you know best and you have felt safest with and say, oh, well, I'll just be like that. And I'm telling you folks, that is not what is in their best interest. And we tend to, if we're not conscious about this, validate that idea of like, yeah, just be like me. Because we take it as a nice ego stroke. We're just not really thinking about it. We're flattered by the fact that they're behaving like us. And all that that will yield is a child who, if they think they're supposed to be like us, then as they hang out more and more with their peers and their peers become the central focus, they will always just be trying to be more and more like one of their friends or somebody out in their external world instead of tuning in to that inner voice that says, this is who I am. When I do this thing, I feel really happy, joyful, full, like myself. It's easy as opposed to how we feel when we're putting on different versions of ourselves to try to be like and liked by others around us in our external world, including our parents. Wow. You know, when, when you're saying all of that right there, the first thing that comes to mind is having those conversations early on, mm-hmm. even with my own kids, uh, whether, you know, small topics, but letting them know, hey, you know, just because dad had a mohawk doesn't mean you need to have a mohawk. Yes. But now 
it, it, I almost feel like in my household, especially with my, uh, with my 14 year old, mm-hmm. you know, the other day for his birthday, he shaved his head and he, and he goes, yeah, I'm bleaching my hair. And I was like, Ugh! and, and, and <laughs> Karen looked at me, dude, you can't say anything. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm, and she's like, well, you can, but Joe, he's only looking at the photos and the stories, you know, and all of that right there. Mm-hmm. So then I used the moment to be like, hey, you know, I'm just letting you know, like, if, if, if you want to shave your head and you want to bleach your hair and all that, you know, that there, mm-hmm. a lot comes along with that. People mm-hmm. are going to stare at you. People that, people that don't know, you know, they, they're going to be like, what's wrong with Nate? Like, why'd he cut his hair? Sure enough, he cut his hair. And, and the good news is he was like, I'm never doing that again. He cut because he had this like yeah. really cool, like, you know, blonde hair. And now he's like, oh my God. Gosh, like you right. know, it, it was it, it, he kind of saw that it was an extension a bit of like I think um, I don't know his personality a bit, right? And but and he and he could not have known that. And this is this is what I'm going to say. And I it, right now is the magic, the magic mixture here. Um, and we've applied this in other aspects of our of raising our children. Is we have to provide um, guidance, which is exactly what you just did when I was your age. Here's what I did, and you need to know that this is some of the feedback you're going to get. I just want you to be ready for it. I'm not saying no. And really try to make it balanced. At the same time, I loved being like the cool kid that had, you know, a different hair, hairstyle than everybody else or whatever. Like make sure it's balanced because otherwise it'll be taken as, oh, mom or dad is just trying to poo-poo it and scare me out of doing it. And that's not going to help your cause. So the magic mix is to give them guidance Here's, here's what my experience was from a really calm place with a not, not having an agenda of getting them to do what you want them to do, and then space to figure it out themselves. And I have consistently learned, seen, witnessed with both of my girls that they get to the place, usually the one I want them to get them to, want them to get to sooner if I just kind of put in my two cents avoiding fear-mongering or being too heavy-handed, and then I step back and let them do it for themselves. And that spaciousness allows them to have the, their own personal experience, not be so busy pushing back against me or on the defensive, because remember, they have this very strong pull to be the I. Um, then they get there and they realize it, just like Nate did. And so you don't need to say another thing. And so if you can use this example, Joe, as because there's going to be another and another and another, apply the same method and you will find that he will, because you've given him a great foundation. Yeah. He'll find his way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to hear from our sponsors really quick, but when we come back, we've talked about pre-adolescence. We've talked about that. Getting the the ramp up. I feel like we covered that. When we come in, I want to jump into some like heavy hard topics yeah. that would make a parent go, oh my gosh, yeah. how is this even happening to how me right now? How am I supposed now? to stay calm? Exactly. <laughs> You're listening to Rad Parenting. Uh, here's a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back after this. What's up, everybody? Joe Sib here. You're listening to Rad Parenting. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend uh, whatever time of the day it is for you right now, whether it's your walk, your run, you're in traffic, your Stairmaster, your time alone. We're whispering in your ears. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's go back into this right now. Uh, I want to just go right. Let's start with the topic of religion. Okay, I that's think a, that could that's be a, a good one. That's probably that be, as charged as it gets. Let's get for charged. A lot of uh, like I said, grew mm-hmm. up Italian Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, and my daughter uh, is go- gone to private school. She's mm-hmm. had a plenty of religion in her life, and it's just not something that has uh attached itself to mm-hmm. her and not in a negative way she loves mm-hmm. going to you know we used to uh, go to this uh, buddhist temple and she you know got that mm-hmm. but it's just not something she's drawn to and i think 
for us as a family, it isn't as much, but I do know other people that that would be something that would just be like, wait a minute, what do you mean? You're not going to be, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to uh, be a Catholic like we are. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to practice religion like mm-hmm, we did. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Yeah. That, that could be a real charged conversation. Yeah, sure. Well, yes, you are. Well, no, I'm yeah. not. I'm going to do what I want. Well, underneath my roof, you're doing what I say. Well, okay, cool. When I move out, I'm not. Boom. Yeah. There you go. It's on. Yes. Okay. So the first thing, and I want to just give a little bit of preamble here, which will be a, a little bit of just repeat because it's so important from the first half of the show. Remember, folks, no matter what, you're, what you do, your children are going to go through this d- as part of their healthy development. Our inclination is often to jump in as parents with the intention of keeping them safe. And it is important that we keep them safe, but we always want to be checking ourselves to see what else is getting in the mix because there's a way to keep our kids safe by giving reasonable guidelines that still allow space. And then there's like, oh, hell no, because we're terrified that they're not going to be like us, like they're going to you know, get into a car accident, like they're going to be walking home and somebody's going to kidnap them, all the worst case scenarios. And that is only going to push them into doing it when you don't know they're doing it, whatever the it is. So you thinking that you're on top of it as a parent, no way, you are not going there. The more you do that, the more that it sets them up to like, I'm going to go do that. It's like somebody putting a pillow over your face is the analogy I always think of. Our natural inclination, if somebody were putting a pillow over our face would be like, to kick and scream and fight as hard as you could to get that person away or to get that pillow off of you and run as far away as you could to to, to So the pillow air. represents your fear being put over you. That's your, right. Yeah. Your fear and your just parenting overbearing fear. parenting. Got it. And and even if you are quote unquote successful, let's just say, in getting that kid. So here's a here's a really easy, an easy example is I have consistently heard, and I work with a lot of um, young women who are of college age, I have consistently heard that the kids at school that are most out of control in college are the ones that had so many restrictions when they were still in their family home that they're just out of control. Why? Because they are making up, we have a natural desire and need to move with a certain degree of freedom to figure out who we are. And if we've essentially been in prison, uh, you know, which are under the guise of we're keeping you safe, then we are, the minute that door opens, we're going to be like, I'm free. And it's just going to be on. And of course the much better approach folks, if we really stop and think about it, I'm sure everybody agrees is much better to create a situation where there's space for your kid to practice what it's like to be out in the world and be dealing with some of these challenging and sometimes potentially dangerous scenarios while they are still under your roof and engaged in communication with you instead of shutting the whole thing down. And now they're just dealing with their peers um, in, in secret, or they're just uh, once they get out of the house and they're in college, then they're just out of control. And I know from firsthand when I was in college, uh, you know, that's a million years ago, mm-hmm. but I remember moving into the dorm and already at that point, I'd lived on my own. I, you know, my parents, I, you know, I drank, I did, you know, I'd, I'd had a lot of life experiences. Mm-hmm. And I remember moving into this dorm with people my same age, and I was tripping out mm-hmm. because they were like, they were so excited to drink beers in their dorm room, yes. and 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 then I I was like, well, yeah, you know, and they're like, where do we even get them? And I'm like, well, you just get, it. you know, like I knew in the store, you know, mm-hmm. the guy, yeah, he sells them to you, and of course, that's the the roommate that ended up uh, going, to, you know, getting alcohol poisoning, yep. stomach pump, because yep. he had never partied like yep. that. And you're like, wow, what was going on before you got here? Well, I wasn't allowed to do this. I wasn't allowed to do that. My parents were so on me. Now I'm 
you know, 3000 miles away from them and they, yeah. they're not here. I'm going to do whatever I want. So the, right. the, the, what you're saying, that pillow had finally been taken off of them. That's right. And they, no, and they, they were <gasps> nuts. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, there's finally oxygen. So now let's bring it to your question about religion, which yeah. is a good example of a supercharged, like I'm pretty attached to the fact that this is how I make sense of, of the world. Because yeah. the first thing I'm going to say is um, we, I at least want my children to make decisions for themselves about their value system, the job that they choose to, to the profession they choose to have, their, their extracurriculars, whatever, from a place of sincerity. Like, this is a thing I want to explore. Oh, wow, I really like this thing. I want to do more of it. Um, and those things, the things that they gravitate toward are also part of them exploring their identity and becoming a full version of themselves. If we cut those things off and say, no, you need to do it the way I did it, we are imposing our identity and our values on them. And one of two things is going to happen. Number one, they're going to just go along like little robots. And there's going to be something inside them that's going to remain empty, or they're going to start to like do the thing you want, like check the box, but then do the thing they really want to do in secret. So, okay, I'll tell my dad I'm a Catholic, but you know, really I'm going to be visiting the Buddhist temple every, you know, every week I can. And especially when it comes to religion, I'm like, religion should be a really heartfelt, contemplative choice, not something that we just acquire because it's what our parents believe. And I understand that that's scary. And, and for some people, it's like, I'm, I'm afraid my kid's going to burn in hell if they don't take, like, this is a serious parenting you know, responsibility that I have is to bring this religion to see, them. See, right there where you see parenting responsibility for the people that are listening to the show right now, I, I, I'd have to say, I'm thinking of them where they're like, hey, I, I love what you're saying, but I, I, I feel that there's responsibilities as parents that we have to guide our children into the into the right direction. Now, with religion, I, I can see that. I'm gonna, I, I, but I'll switch to this. Whether let's go into college, mm -hmm. you know. Well, let's okay. So I'm gonna. Does do that college. make sense? It does. It does. Because so I because I do feel like with the religion aspect of it. You know, parents do feel it's my responsibility to continue the the tradition of us being Catholics or right. or Jews or you know Buddhists so, or whatever we are. So you have to do it too. We had a guest on the show, Steve Caballero, said that. Yes. Okay. So what I'm saying is, you have a much greater likelihood of that kid, just like with the Nate example you just gave us, coming around to that on their own in a sincere way. Got it. If you give them space. You have a conversation like, here are the reasons why this resonates or makes sense to me as the choice. You could also say, well, Catholicism is one denomination of Christianity. Here are some others. You, maybe those would make more sense. Or why don't we together go and let's go visit a synagogue. Let's go vi visit a Buddhist temple because I want you to have the experience of these various different expressions of religion and come to your own conclusion. You have a much better chance of that, of that child genuinely, sincerely coming to something that is most reflective of who they are and potentially even the thing that you believe in if you do that. Now, when it comes to college, it's not that much different because... College is a is a big a big commitment a big decision. I know a lot of parents come at it from the the the, the mindset of like, well, this is a foundation for everything else. Like, so many doors are going to be closed if they don't go to college. Well, first of all, so many doors are not going to be closed if, for example, they take a gap year. So many doors are not going to be closed if you work with them to commit to 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 create some sort of personal personally committed path to their education. 
right? As opposed to education does not have to happen in a formal setting of a college. And we now are living in a time where some of the most successful, and let's, I'm using that word the way that many, maybe the majority of our, of our society defines it, you know, very wealthy, doing something that they love, impacting a lot of people, right? You know, uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, right? Is that his name? Yeah. Facebook, uh, yeah. you know, um, there's, there's, no, there's many, a, yeah. there's the, many examples, yeah, Steve right? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. There are many examples of people who have done extraordinarily well in life um, that that did not go to education. Also, I think that we have to consider that there's a tremendous burden we place on our kids and we say, at the ripe old age of 18, you need to figure out and be so sure of what you want to do because we're going to be investing tens of thousands of dollars and or you're going to take student loans that are going to have you at the age of 22 saddled with $100,000 worth of, of debts and debt and student loans potentially. So this is a very real thing that talking through with your kid, you want to make sure that they want to be there because that's a heck of a big price tag for them to like be half-stepping and just going through the motions because you think they should be there. So we have to balance creating guidelines. So you might say, okay, you, you, you do need to go to college, but we can talk about, you know, what the parameters are going to be. Um, the, creating just room for them to be participating in the decision. Okay, does it have to be a four-year college? Could it be, you know, an arts-based school? Whatever, whatever. Because here's what's going to happen. I said there were two things that are going to happen. The second thing is, if we don't allow space and support for our children to go try on different hats and figure out their identity as they're going through adolescence and into their 20s, they are going to, without question, have an identity crisis at some point where they are floating through the world, sinking into depression, having nervous breakdowns. And I don't mean that to be fear-mongering, but that is a fact because our, our well-being as humans is dependent upon us be, being able to become full, authentic versions or expressions of ourselves in the world. And if we are have been taught by our parents that the only acceptable version is the one dictated by our parents, largely driven by ego, then if we go along, if our kids go along with that, sooner or later, they're going to get, they're going to have to leave that path or their health, mental health, emotional health, physical health is going to take a hit. All right. Before we get out of here, just recap really quick. What, what I love, and I think I got a good, I think I got a good story personal story that kind of on the college end, but just before we leave, what I've really taken from this last 25 minutes is just that, that pillow, pillow analogy that you set up in Nea was so good because the pillow analogy of your parenting fear and, oh my gosh, my son or daughter uh, is, you know, talking about not becoming a Catholic, talking about not going to college, talking about not getting married and living with their partner, talking about, I don't want to buy a house. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have kids. You know, all of those things that, you, and then basically as if you're listening to this show, when they say those type of things, you're like, not going to have kids, you know, wow, like that, that, you're doing everything the opposite of us. And I can see how that, that pillow of fear just starts to go from this little mini pillow that's a throw pillow to this huge, you know, sleeping mm -hmm. bag size pillow. Uh, and and I could I understand what you're saying. You know, you, you throw that over someone long enough, it's like you know you, you screw the screws down on them, mm -hmm. like Johnny Cash says, he's going to screw it right out from underneath you yes. and do whatever you want. The college thing when you were bringing it up, and I don't even know if I've ever even talked about this on the show. You know, so I did go to college, and and it and no one ever believes that because they <laughs> even my partner Bill Armstrong at Side One Dummy, <laughs> super he's a super smart guy. Yeah. For years, our whole relationship, everyone assumed my he partner went to college, he went he to didn't. college. And that Joe didn't, and I was the one that has you know the degree. Uh -huh. 
And, and I'll tell you this right now. I don't know if our listeners know this. My dad, my father, his whole background was in education. He started out as an English professor um, at Villanova, and then he came out here to the West Coast with my mom. I was born. He was at Santa Clara University, where he went in. He went from English professor to the dean of arts and sciences, and then from there to St. Mary's, and then back to you know after my parents got separated, he was uh, out at Chicago at the Art Institute, and then came back uh, to UOP, and 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 then it ended his career at uh, California Integral Institute. Instit- Institute, yeah, California Institute of Integral Studies. Yeah. Yep. Super, yeah. super smart, educated, uh, a scholar, yep. still writing papers, uh, recently just had something published, um, still in the mix. Yeah. Very, not of academia. A, yeah. Yep. In the on. world of like retiring, he, he says he's retired, but he's not acting mm-hmm. like it because he's constantly, you know, being, uh, uh, he's just in the mix. Yes. Um, with all that said, you'd think, oh, wow. So, you know, that must've been great having him as your father. And he's the, you know, the, he's the reason you went on to go to college. Absolutely not. I used to get in arguments with my grandmother, my dad, um, and my mom. Now, not that they were pushing me. It was always like, Joe's going to, you know, Joe, you should go to Santa Clara university. You should go there. And, and the more they asked me, the more I would go out of my way to tell them I will not go there. I will not, yeah. I'm not going to college. I'm going to graduate in, in, from high school and I will not go to school there. It, it's not even, not even in. Yeah. And I remember my dad at a certain point, because I'm living with him, he just backed off. He's like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. He was seriously fine with it. And all he said to me was this, hey man, when you graduate, um, if you're going to live here, there's two conditions. A, either you're working full time and you're, you're contributing to the household. Yeah. Uh, or you're going to college and you can live here. Now yep. you're saying you're not going to college. You're going to have your job. So, and yep. I was like, yeah, but I'm going to be in my band. And he's like, band doesn't count. Yeah. And long story short, I moved out. I yep. moved out at 18 years old yep. or 17. I, I moved, I was 17 oh, when I graduated, yep. 17, moved in, did my touring, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing everything. And I remember, um, I was going at, at a certain point I went to like junior college just because I think everyone was doing that. So I was like, okay, that'll be something, but I'm living at our band rehearsal studio. And I remember I had a girlfriend at the time and I was, I was really into her. And I remember I came out of band practice once and I was working at a sandwich shop and I'm in my band and I'm, you know, and, and she just basically said to me like, dude, like you might think this is rad, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You have a shot at going to school. You have an opportunity, and you are just pissing it away. Meanwhile, yeah. my girlfriend at the time, I'm busting my ass trying to get a transfer into state yeah. college, and and you're just you're just pissing away this opportunity. Right. And I remember it was the first time ever in there that I woke up and was like, okay, I want to go to college. Right. And because but it was your decision, but you, but also because my dad backed off. My yep. mom backed off. Yep. Everyone backed off, and they left it up to me. Like, yep. hey, dude, check it out. Yes, the, just if you whatever you want to do, we're going to support it. But there are some guidelines. Yes. Can't live here. Can't do that. Exactly. Not, not, not like not like they were being. My dad was being mean to me, but he was just saying, dude, I back that you want to be in your band, yep. but you know we're not going to live here rent free. Yeah, and and because that's do- life. That's yeah. the reality of life. Now that that you know the the moral the, not even the moral of the story it was that it took a peer. And someone that that was up here and someone that I respected in my life talking me into going to college. Mm-hmm. Or not talking me into just no. presenting the same idea that my parents and everyone right. that loved me yes. wanted to. But it was when it came when I'll just say when it comes from 
them, it, I just wasn't listening to it. Yeah. It was that pillow. And that, and that, and it's because that's part of that, that you're, you were, you needed it to, to be your own because you were going through that process of becoming an I. And that's, that's the first, like, if I'm going to leave everybody with three tips, the first one is you need to understand what your kids are going through or going to go through in the near future or in the distant future, you need to understand this whole thing of, you know, going, walking over the bridge of adolescence and there being a very, very developmentally important process of individuation. They need room to discover who they are, express who they are, try on different versions of, the, of who they are and have guidelines to keep them safe with lots of space to explore. That's number one. Number two, you want to make sure that in, in communicating with them, you are making sure that you're checking your ego and your agenda at the door. They are not you. They have their own paths. So being consistent about just just remember when you freak out, you're going. They're going to get to where you want them to sooner if you back off and you have calm conversations, understanding that they're a completely separate human being who has the right to figure out who they are and what their value, their own value systems are. And, and within that is, and maybe that's really the step two and that the other is the step three. So is, is the step two is really checking yourself and making sure your own, you've looked at your own values, you understand what yours are and you're clear that they are not theirs so that when you go into the conversations, they will be more fruitful. You'll be better at giving space so that they, they can grow in a healthy way, not have major identity identity crisis, not suffer with depression and anxiety and, and uh, other, other forms of mental health, not to mention physical ailments, um, because they have been forced to be somebody who they are not. Um, so those would be the three things that I would, I would recommend people Thanks do. for ending it like that. Wow. Brought it in for a great landing right there. Thanks. I'll just throw this in for the ending too. Just last little part too, is that as much as I had that story about going to college and how it wasn't supposed to go and I didn't end up going until a peer and, and, and someone that you know, that was my age and mm -hmm. spoke to me and I actually listened to them. Uh, it's so funny because you would think, oh, wow, Joe, so now with your son and daughter, uh, you you must, you know, you must not be that guy that throws that pillow over there. You know, yeah. you, you don't have that analogy that you can use. And yeah. I'll tell everyone that's listening to the show is I wish I could tell you mm. that I don't go to the pillow sometimes. Uh, I find myself more aware of not doing that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked on a show a couple months ago about when uh, Nate was talking to me about you know, what he wanted to post on Instagram and why people do this and why do that. And it was just like a wave of like, yeah, oh my gosh, I can't even believe you're bringing this up. Yeah. And I had to seriously stop myself and go, oh, whoa, he's asking me. He's not, you know, like I gotta, I gotta, if he's going to see that look on my face, if yep. I, you know, I got to act right now. Like I got, I got to take a beat. I got to step yep. back. And that's just me you'd think, oh, well, you know, yeah, you talk about this stuff all day. But when it's right, when you're in the front line of it, yep. and, and it, even, you know, with this show that we do, it still takes me from not making a mistake. Yes, yes. Why is that? Always okay to take a beat because we're human. <laughs> we're human first and parents second, and we have to allow ourselves that. Yeah. Um, we'll do better if we if we do that and not expect to always get it right in the moment every time. Um, just t take a step back. Remember that that spaciousness and calm is the thing that's going to keep your kids talking to you and to get to who they are, the fullest, truest version of themselves, not a mini-me, which is taking us back to the beginning of our rad parenting journey. Yeah. Great episode today. Thank you so much, Anea. Uh, I want to thank everyone in the Rad Parenting community. Keep those emails coming, radparenting at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Joe Sib. And Anea Bogue. And we're both out of here. Late. Late.